We have to fix my L.A. Galaxy, and that's what we're going to do right here, right now. The L.A. Galaxy are broken. They're the worst team in MLS. They are my team, but I make no bones about it. After a 3-0 loss in the California Classico over the weekend to the awful, the putrid, the horrible, the disgusting San Jose Earthquake. Earthquakes. I, I can't stand them. So we have got fixing to do of my L.A. Galaxy. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710, presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2017 Toyota Camry LE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, PuenteHillsToyota.com. Tell them Soccer Weekly and Dave Denholm sent you if you head on over there. I would appreciate it. They have been a proud and great supporter of world football here on ESPN LA 710. Your home for soccer in Southern California. Right to the LA Galaxy, who are the worst team in MLS, with all deference to how putrid Colorado Rapids are. But come on. The Galaxy are playing terrible. One win at home now in 13 matches. We know how bad it is. We're not going to dwell on that. We've got to fix it for 2018. 2017 is in the rear view. Forget the playoffs. Forget us doing anything. It's over. It's done. We know that as Galaxy fans. Now, how do we go about fixing it? Well, there's good news and bad news. Good news and bad news on that front for LA Galaxy fans. The good news is it can be fixed. There are some things to build around. The bad news is it's going to be tough for a number of reasons. First things first, let's take a look. I have a plan here for my LA Galaxy in fixing this. you got to assess the current roster, right, to fix the worst team in MLS. you got to determine your needs, and then you've got to address those needs. So I went about this assessing the current Galaxy roster by watching all these games that we do every week and paying attention to what's been going on, like a good fan would, right, like you are. And there are a couple of things. Look, we know Robbie Rogers is gone. He retired. You know, the injuries caught up to him. That'll be some money saved. Yella Van Damme on, on his way out. He goes to uh, gets transferred out to Royal Antwerp, back home to see his family in Belgium. We wish him nothing but the best. That's some money saved. Now, the designated player spot was already taken by the signing of Jonathan Dos Santos. So we have our three DPs, right? The Dos Santos brothers and Roman Alessandrini. You're not moving any of them, it would appear. Therein lies the issue. So we've got to, we'll address that in a moment. About this current roster, it's not pretty. Why would it be? How could it be with one win from 13 at home? It's a mess. But there's some surprises amongst this roster that you're going to probably disagree with me, but let's break this thing down. At the goalkeeping spot, we're keeping John Kempen. He's looked pretty darn good as the third keeper on this team. He's the only one I want. Goodbye, Clement Giop. And uh, Brian Rowe, thank you for your service. Time to go. we got to move on and get a real goalkeeper. I'm not saying Kempen's the number one, but I'm not saying he isn't either. I've liked what I've seen. We bring in some competition for him. We'll address that shortly. Defense has been a mess. An outright bloodbath. And when I say we're keeping a certain guy like John Kempen, that doesn't mean we're cutting everybody else necessarily at the defensive spot, let's say. I want Dave Romney around. I think he's intriguing. And what I've seen out of Diallo, yeah, he's got some. He's got a future. I'm not saying he's the absolute answer. Now, with the, the horrible injury to Pele Van Onholt, who gets injured against San Jose, and by the way, he needs surgery on a torn ACL and meniscus. And we're talking months of recovery. 
I don't even know if you're keeping him around. I don't know what the – now, remember, with MLS, we know salaries. We don't necessarily know length of contract all the time. So, obviously, I liked what I saw out of Van Holt, but with that injury, that's up in the air. The only two that are solid for me are Romney and Diallo. I know you're going to be – well, what about Steeris? He's okay. I'm not saying we're going to cut all these guys. You've got to fill out a whole roster. I'm just saying these are the guys that I know I like. And the rest of them, well – and then we have some gotta-goes, which are coming up in a minute. Now, in the midfield, this looks more promising. Alessandrini, Jonathan Dos Santos, Sebastian Legette coming off the injury. I still want to see what he can do. Joao Pedro, yeah. I think in the right situation, which at times it has been for him in the midfield, he's looked pretty good. Not bad. And he's on a good price, remember. And Ima Boateng, which I, who I like, and he's still young and he's growing. So that's a solid core in the midfield spot. Up front, Gio Dos Santos, no question. I consider him a forward. And Jossie Zardes. He's not going anywhere at that cost. And he signed, according to LA Times, when he did sign, it was at least through 2018. So we got, we're got we stuck with the guy. And you might as well just hopefully write this off as the most horrific year in Zardes' life playing football. And maybe he can turn it around because he ain't going anywhere. If you can work out a trade with a guy like that, I guess. But at that price tag... Remember, he's paid down. He's well over the designated player line, but he's been paid down through whatever, gam, tam, I don't know, wham, bam, thank you, MLS, I don't know. But whatever voodoo they did, he's underneath that number, so he's not a designated player. However, he's making a fortune by MLS standards. So those are the guys that you're you're building around, if you will. Now, you're going to need help. And again, that's not to say everybody goes on the roster. The young kids, some of them are going to stick around because they're cheap. Right, But these are the guys that I assessed have to go. Got to go. We know Robbie Rogers is gone with retirement. Good luck to him in his uh, post-soccer career. Yellow Van Damme back to Belgium, as I mentioned. Good luck to him. Jermaine Jones has to go at that price. It, it was a bad signing. It hasn't worked. Jack McInerney, the you know, Galaxy are not paying him, by all uh, reports, much. Because obviously he came from another team that's getting rid of him. And, but come on. Move on. Bajo Husidic, I like, but at the price tag, no, not good enough. Jose Villarreal, no, he's making over 100 grand. No, we got to do better. Nathan Smith just isn't ready for MLS at this point. He's young, though. I'm not saying he's like automatically you're going to get rid of him, but he's clearly not ready at this time. Brian Rowe and Clemon Jop, you're going to have to, you know, you're making nearly 200 grand between the two. You're going to have to get better backup goalkeepers. If you want to keep John Kempin as a number one, that's fine. Those are the guys on my uh, list that I assess that just, no, it's time to move on. Now, what are our biggest needs? That's pretty clear. In order, our third biggest need is goalkeeper. Backup, probably, but if you can find a good, cheap, relatively starter, yes, the Galaxy need it. My LA Galaxy need that. Next, the second biggest need that I can assess is defenders. No doubt about it. They're a mess back there. Again, the Van Hold injury is kind of throwing a big question mark in there. And I'll tell you another guy who uh, has to go, and it's the most painful one of all. It's Ashley Cole. Now you say, what? Then homie's been one of our better players. Yes. But he's got to go for the rebuild. At his age, at the money he's making, nearly 400000 it's a salary cap league. I love Ashley Cole. I actually think he's played very well. Certainly has been fine. You got to move on from him, though, if you're going to rebuild. 
Now, that's, uh, again, throwing your defense in turmoil. That's why that is our second biggest need, without doubt. But that can be addressed, and I'll tell you how. Our biggest need, by far, is the striker position. No doubt about it. We all know this. The Galaxy must become more consistent up front with a, a bucket of goals. Here is the rub for what the Galaxy have done. Now, again, I want Pete Vianis to be the general manager for a long time and win a lot of games and win titles. I want Siggy Schmid and his new assistant coach, Dominic Kinnear. Good move, by the way. I want them to be coach and assistant for a long time. I want them to win titles. I want Chris Klein to hoist those MLS Cup trophies every year as president. But here's what you have to do. You've painted yourself into a designated player corner now. With Alessandrini, Jonathan Dos Santos, and Gio Dos Santos. You must spend designated player money up front in MLS to succeed. They have to be scoring goals with that money. And a bucket of them. Not some five-goal scorer. Not seven goals. You have got to spend your designated player money on a guy who will score for fun. Robbie Keane, ring a bell? And if you don't, you had better find the next Carlos Rees at 22, who will then score buckets of goals for you before he even makes any money. And then you pay him. But the Galaxy have painted themselves into a corner. How do we get out of it? I'll tell you next. I am Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekly, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. I have got to crush this El Torito that has been laid before me. Thanks to the fine folks at El Torito. That, holy cow, what is that, elote? Oh, my goodness. It's burning my mouth, and I'm loving it. Got the mayonnaise. Oh, man. On there, I have got go. everything in front of me from El Torito, and I'm going to crush that. When, and, uh, again, I've got the answers coming up next here on Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. There are a couple of things I know in this world. One of them soccer. And that's why you're listening to Soccer Weekly. I'm Dave Denholm here on ESPN LA 710. The other is food and good food. Holy cow, El Torito. I want to thank them so much for stopping by here. Oh, I got Dave, you got a bunch of guac hanging down from your beard there. Do I? I believe it. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I got Let me the, get you a napkin. I got the food sweat going on. I'm, I've been crushing this food. Ever since Mario told me they were coming in a few days ago, seriously, it's been all I could do to just wait to get to the show here. you can, you got to try Happy Hour El Torito, by the way. they got tacos, margaritas, food and drink specials, 4 5 $6.00. Starts every day at 3 p.m. at El Torito. I'm telling you, get over there. They got happy hour specials, margaritas, mojitos, all the stuff. The Mexican street, street corn. Holy cow. Now, I'm a bit white, so I, I did, uh, you know, wipe off a little bit of the, the, the chili powder. I admit, just a little. Not that much. I kept some of it on. I like a little bit of heat, but just, you know, if you like a lot of heat, feel free, right? You can just go nuts with your elote. Tacos, carnitas, queso. I'm, yeah, I'm all over that. That guacamole, holy cow. Seriously, I got the food sweats going. That is a good thing. Thanks to the folks at El Torito for joining us here on Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm. The phone number to get involved, I want to know your assessment on how they fix this LA Galaxy problem for 2018. This season is done, right? We're the worst in MLS. Whether you love the LA Galaxy or not, you see problems if you watch this team and you know them. I'm fixing them right here. I want your assessment at 877-710-ESPN. Help me fix my LA Galaxy 
for 2018 and beyond. You can also hit me up on Twitter at TalkSoccer, 877-710-ESPN. My assessment is, look, we need a goalkeeper. Kempen has been fine. I like what I'm seeing. Probably need someone to test him, maybe even a true number one. You need defenders, plural. This defense has got to be fixed. With Pelevan on hold and the injury there, you don't know when he's going to return, how effective he's going to be. You're hoping, right? I'm hoping because what I've seen out of him is is solid. I like Bradley Diallo and Romney. But, oh, sweet mercy, do we need defense. And you're going to have to get rid of Ashley Cole as much as I love him. And I hope Ashley's not listening to hear this because he'll take it the wrong way. Ashley, we have to move on. You've been good. Very good. But for that money and that age we got to rebuild. We can't be missing the playoffs with 36-year-old defenders making 400000 And we need a striker or two. How do we fix this? Well, there's a couple of options in MLS, right? I've got some ideas. you got to assess our roster, which I have. you got to determine your needs, which we just did. Now we have to address those needs. First and foremost, to get the striker, you're either going to have to get rid of a designated player, one of the ones we already have, which is painful to me, or you're going to have to find them elsewhere for a little cheaper or pay them down or whatever. Now, there are a few options out there that I can see. Some of them are more likely than others, to be sure. Now, when I tell you these names, I know that these are not guarantees off the bat, right? These are guys that I think could help. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776, the number for you to get involved here. Among the guys who I think could help, Aaron Johansson. Now, again, going to be tricky coming from Werder Bremen. They're willing to get rid of him, it appears, at least, you know, for the right price and all that. Juan Agudelo could be a guy that I would like to go after. I know New England, they're not sure about where they're heading. They've got some strikers. He's a good player. Not saying he's available. You'd have to make the phone call. I like what Juan Agudelo might be able to do, given the full opportunity. And for a guy like Siggy Schmidt. Joel Campbell with that knee, it looks like Arsenal's just going to go ahead and let him go. Now, he's going to be a wanted man. But as a free transfer, you have to consider it, and you have to ring him up, ring up his uh, people. And there's a couple of guys that I've been studying. One of them plays in Venezuela, an Argentine named Tulio Echimate. been keeping an eye on him. Echimate's 30. I like this game. He's got some craftiness to him. I think he would fit in very well to guys like, with guys like Alessandrini and Gio Dos Santos. There's another kid I like who plays for uh, San Martin in Peru. He's a Peruvian. Alexander Sukar. Now, he's a different kind of forward. He's a little bigger, 5'11"-ish. He's good in the air. So he's a little bit tall. Now, that doesn't, that's not to say he doesn't have feet and he can't score with his feet either, but it's a different style depending on what the Galaxy really want to go, how Siggy really wants to push forward at the striker spot. Those are some options. Those are the kind of guys I would, if I were the GM, try to you know, look for. Guys like Echimante, they're not going to cost you anything. And you can probably get them at a pretty good salary as well. Guys like Alexander Sukar, places like Peru, and Venezuela, and of course, Central America, where we've had so much success in the past. 877-710-ESPN. You can also trade, of course, like a Juan Agudelo possibility. Super draft for me, an MLS super draft is not worthless, but I don't put a lot of stock on it, other than the fact we might have the overall first pick, maybe, depending on how this season ends with Colorado. and everything. 
the Galaxy have currently their first, third, and fourth rounders available in the 2018 Super Draft. They traded away their second previously. So maybe you either use the number one pick, you know, that first round pick as a, a high pick as a trade chip, or you look for a guy defensively. That's how you find defenders. You don't spend big money on defense in MLS. Unless it's the last piece of a championship team puzzle and you have the cash, you don't do it. What about a guy like Julian Green? Eh, I mean, probably going to be too costly. 877-710-ESPN to do what Ted in Inglewood has done. You're first up here on Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. Welcome, Ted. Hey, thank you so much. I, I like listening to your show. You're very knowledgeable. Thursdays, I'm always locked into you. I, I like Alexander Sukar. That is a good, uh, that's a good thing, but we need a lot more on defense right now as well. Um, building it through the draft is kind of suspect. I don't know if we're really going to be doing that over the long haul. It's going to take us a longer time than that. Yep. The more, impor- the more, the more important thing than anything is to say, I'm Dave Denholm, ESPN Radio, talking soccer. Nice. Oh, the Baba Booey caller gets in for the first time. I love it. Excellent. You love that. Thank you, Ted. If you love me on Thursdays, you're going to adore me here on Wednesday nights, too, by the way. I should have sensed something was coming there. That dude's been doing that to me for 20 years, and I love it. Always good to hear the Baba Booey caller calling in here on Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. Just don't even get me started on Soccer Hater Al. That I don't want. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. The Super Draft for me is not a big, uh, you know, a, a big like plus necessarily. Uh, no disrespect to the college game. There's some gems out there, yes. But I think you can build defensively through that, potentially. I do. I think you can find some, uh, you know, hey, look, we found Omar Gonzalez at the top of the draft, you know, at a high point in that draft when Omar came out. So it is possible. You can't spend a lot of money, though, on defenders. That's why I don't really want to go look too far in terms of around the world trying to spend big cash on defenders. You've got to build defenders from inside MLS, by and large. You don't go spending. You have to spend that money on goals. Now, the Galaxy have, by and large, done that most of the time. And Gio Dos Santos and Alessandrini, when paired with the right striker, will look even better. But Alessandrini is, what, eight goals, eight assists? I mean, come on. He's been a fabulous signing. I don't know that I would have made the Jonathan Dos Santos signing. Yeah, I said it. I don't know all the machinations going on behind the scenes. I mean, if if it was that or losing both those, I mean, okay, I understand on some level. Good to have them both here. Nice marketing ploy. And Jonathan Dos Santos is a fine player. But to use that third designated, designated player spot on someone who's not scoring buckets of goals is troubling when you don't have a goal scorer. They thought Jossie Zardes could do it coming off the injury. I understand. Jossie Zardes will be better potentially next year. Maybe this is just a massively bad, but he also is terrible in the air no matter what. So that's not going to change. He's not going to get better in the air. They need help up front. And Giovanni is not a striker. We know this. He's a sit behind the striker and feed the dude and score buckets of goals himself. Giovanni Dos Santos needs to be a 10-goal, 12-assist guy. 
And those 12 assists, most of them going to your big striker, and Alexander Sukar, Tulio Echimate, the guys I also mentioned. Even a Juan Algadello. I like Algadello. Now, New England's not going to give him up, necessarily. You're going to have to go out and get him. And I'm not even saying that's even possible, necessarily, but it's those kind. There are guys out there. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. I am crushing El Torito, as should you. Absolutely crushing it. And In fact, I've got a little bit of it on my shirt to prove it. My wife's going to be wondering what in the world happened when I was... She knew I was going to come in here and destroy the El Torito, so she's happy about that because she, you know, whatever. It makes me happy, but yeah, it's a little bit on the shirt there. That's okay. I can handle it. Happy hour every day starting at 3 p.m. Get over there. I'm looking at the menu already. I've been eating the menu. Holy cow. $4 draft beers. The Mexican street corn. I could eat like six of those. Six. Oh, plus other stuff. Don't get me wrong. Other stuff too, but absolutely. The elote. Oh, gee. That was good. That is really good stuff. Better than my galaxy of look, no doubt. Now, there's a guy who I want to talk football with. He is a legend. Coming up next here on Soccer Weekly, it's Luis Omar Tapia from Univision Deportes will be joining me. I'm Dave Dunholm. You are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Dunholm, and it's brought to you by Puente Hills Toyota. Joining me now, it's a pleasure to have Luis Omar Tapia, who's announcer for Univision Deportes, with me on the show. Luis, thanks for taking the time, buddy. Hey, thank you very much for... Uh making this possible <laughs> well Luis, let's jump right in i want to talk a little bit about champions league as we're just about to get going in group play and really one team that has me very much uh, it's a head scratcher right now is barcelona and i just don't know what to make of them now i know they're going to be good Luis, but are they going to be good enough with all the things that are going on there well um i don't think so yep. i think it's a, a team that is going to struggle uh right now for all the issues that they have in the front office, the way they handle the uh, Neymar transfer, and and I believe that has affected the team itself. Um, for the past five, six years, they have not uh, brought in key players to replace all the players, especially people in the midfield to replace Xavi Hernandez or... We know that Iniesta, it's not what it used to be. (laughs) So um, they have focused uh, mainly in in buying players in different positions rather than uh, covering the ones that are being weakened um, because of the years that they have played for the club. Um, They have not bought defensive players ever since uh, Carlos Puyol left the team. The center defenders have made a lot of mistakes. I think that from the midfield up, including uh, Suarez, uh, Leo Messi, and Neymar, they have kept the team up there. But defensive-wise, I think there's a club that uh, it, it, there's a lot of holes in there, not only from the center, uh, center um, defenders, but also from, from the size. Because Jordi, uh, I don't think he's playing at his best, as he did maybe a year and a half ago. And since Alves left, they have not found somebody that can cover the right back. 
Yeah, I think they panic a bit with Mark Bartra a little too soon, too. I don't know. Oh, why no, no, they, they do. I don't know why they let him go to Dortmund, but they're <laughs> certainly capitalizing. We take we stay in Spain, but in the Champions League, of course, the big question, Real Madrid. I am amazed at what Zinedine Zidane has done with this team, Luis. Now, obviously, he has all the talent in the world, but that doesn't always mean winning everything, and he's winning everything. Well, I think one of the key elements for his success with Real Madrid it's uh, that he was with the Castilla, with the under-20 team. Uh, the place in the, at that time was playing in the second division B, with what they call it, let's say like, like a third division, because they couldn't, if they won the second division, they couldn't move up. So some of those players that he moved up to the first team, he knows them very well. So I think that was the key element for the success that he's having right now. And uh, I think they bought players... Very cheap, especially the one with Asensio, mm-hmm. and uh, that have fit in to what Real Madrid is all about. You know, giving all, all, all your heart, play your best, concentrate, be a team player, and then at the end you just start winning trophies. And um, I, one of the things also that he did very well, uh, Sidan, is uh, try to... Um, talk to the players as he used to get talked at. Remember, uh, one of the best coaches in Spain, Vicente del Bosque, was his coach, and he takes a lot from him. Um, the way he treated the players, the way he made sure that the dressing room was not separated. You know, in professional soccer, we call it that they separate the team, they separate the, the dressing room. One One group of players are... With Cristiano Ronaldo, the other group of players are with uh, Gareth Bell, and what he did is make sure that everybody was together to win titles, to win games, and to be what they are today. We're talking with Luis Omar Tapia, who's an announcer for Univision Deportes, and uh, appreciate him joining us here on Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. We go from the best manager in the world in Zinedine Zidane, in my estimation, to someone who's always going to be under fire. That's the manager of Mexico. It doesn't really matter who it is. In this case, it's Juan Carlos Osorio. He is under fire, as always, like all the L3 managers are. Assess Osorio and this Mexican team. I still believe, Luis, this team can be very dangerous in Russia. You know, I know Juan Carlos for a very long time, even though when he used to work um, in the construction business <laughs> in New York. So I know him way back then. Um, but being a coach for Mexico, is it's, it's the hottest seat in the world of soccer. Yeah. Because, uh, one, the Mexican fans are very nationalist. Um I, I always mention that, and uh, I don't think that they are used to the techniques and the level of uh, training that uh, Juan Carlos Osorio uh, brings to them. Why I say that is because Osorio, he got his A license from England. He trained in England. He trained with a different mentality, European style. So... The players were not used to training long hours, repetitions, and mainly sometimes they did what they want. So now there are more strict rules. But uh, he has changed the mentality of the Mexican players. And if you talk to all of them, I have, uh, they're all happy with him. 
even though sometimes when a coach leaves, one or two come out and say, well, you know, I wasn't happy because I wasn't playing. And uh, I had a conversation with him last week, and I asked him the question that everybody asked, especially in the Spanish media and in Mexico, is about this rotation stuff. And his answer was, if everybody analyzes all the games that I have coached and all the players that I have put on every game, they're going to find that there are at least six to eight players that are always on my lineup, even though it looks like I'm doing a, a full rotation of all the whole squad. Yeah. So I think uh, we have to take also in consideration that, like I said, being the Mexican coach is the hottest seat in the world of soccer is because sometimes they're not happy if they win and they're not happy when they lose and they're not happy when, they're, when they tie a game. <laughs> That's right. But, but, you know, we also have to take one thing in consideration and, and, and I analyze it and I put it very in parallel to Zinedine Zidane. Last year in, in the second part of uh, the, the Liga Championship, the uh, Champions League uh, tournament, he started rotating players left and right because he was trying to be successful at the end and it paid off. You know, he rotated uh, Cristiano Ronaldo at times, he was on the bench. Benzema was on the bench, so big superstars were on the bench. And uh, when it happens in our world, in Latin America, we're not used to that. Yeah. So I think uh, I think he's going to do good. Mexico has a very strong team. They have very good players. And uh, I believe that they can make it to the fifth game that the, everybody complains that they are not reaching. <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. Luis, uh, let me ask you, you know the Miami market. I don't count the first time MLS was there. That's so long ago. Most kids don't even remember that. Is Miami ready for an MLS side? Is it, Does the city deserve it? Well, you know, the, Miami had a name as Miami Fusion mm-hmm. uh, when the MLS started. But that team did not play in uh, Miami. They play in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. So, at the time uh, that, that they had their game schedule was poor because of traffic-wise. Uh, Ninety-five here. It's around the time that they were scheduling the games between seven o'clock and seven thirty. It's like uh, a cemetery of cars. <laughs> you know, you can't even move. So, a lot of people from Miami to Fort Lauderdale. They have to put up with traffic for at least an hour, an hour and a half. And people got tired of that. It was, yes, it was great at the beginning for the first few months. Mm-hmm. And then nobody wanted to go because traffic was really bad. So coming back to the present, I don't think Miami is ready mm. um, for a team because there's not enough support. Uh, the support here is very divided. If you bring Mexico to play, to play here... Yes, you're going to have uh, Dolphin Stadium packed. If you bring, uh, I went to a game, Honduras in uh, Colombia, mm-hmm. on a 70,000-seat stadium, there were only 12,000 people. So Venezuela played here at uh, Marlin Stadium against Nigeria. There were 3,000 people. So <clears throat> no matter who you bring, the city doesn't support. And I think it's because there's so much to do in the city that uh, – the nightlife, during the day you're on the beach, and 
the biggest block that the city of Miami has, it's uh, the political side. It's very political. Uh, as we all know, it's controlled by mainly uh, Cuban-Americans in, in, in the political parties, whether you're a Democrat or whether you're a Republican. But what we also have against is that Miami-Dade County, uh, their taxes were raised when they built the uh, Marlin Stadium, a stadium that costs closely to $600 million. So taxes were increased. The team was uh, dismantled. The owners sold the best players. Now they are where they are. They probably bring like 1,500, 2,000 people to the stadium. So I don't think that from the political stand side, the point, uh, the support is not there. Beckham is trying, is fighting. Uh, I don't think the MLS has reached the decision. The owners ac accepted the new proposal from David Beckham with a new group of uh, in investors, but it's not set in stone. So I don't think maybe, yes, it will happen, but the way all of us that we are involved in the game of soccer, we don't see it coming. Very interesting insight from a legend who joins us here on Soccer Weekly, Luis Omar Tapia. Luis, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Hey, anytime. Luis, uh, my only regret is he wasn't in the studio to eat uh, El Torito with me. Uh, I got to tell you, it's been great. And he, uh, obviously a legend, really appreciate him taking the time. Uh, thank you so much, Luis. And thanks to uh, El Torito for uh, giving me happy hour here. Mario, uh, I could be in trouble, though, with the poor cleaning lady who's walking around because I left a trail of the uh, barbecued yeah. carnitas from here. From the conference room. I did see that. I was eating a couple of sliders on the way, and the carnitas may or may not, some of it may have hit the floor as I was a little too overexcited there. Uh, I apologize in advance to the poor cleaning lady. Sorry, ma'am. I, I asked her to come uh, have some El Torito with us, so, though, so she's very happy. So it'll all work out because you can't be mad when El Torito's in the building. So I appreciate that. And, of course, appreciate the legend, Luis Omar Tapia. Check him out. Univision Deportes. Thanks for him. For his insight. I want your insight now on how to rebuild my LA Galaxy at 877-710-ESPN. What do you think of my plan? 877-710-3776, the number for you to get involved. I am Dave Dethelm, and you are listening to Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. How do we fix my LA Galaxy? Desperate need of defenders and a striker, and you can't spend money on defense. Which, unfortunately, the Galaxy did a little bit too much over the last couple of seasons. They're going to have to rem remedy that. Part of that was Yella Van Damme going back to uh, Belgium. And part of it's going to have to be Ashley Cole uh, wishing him well and sending him on his way. Although he's been very good. It's just time to move on. Let's uh, go to Ivan, who is uh, next up in Ontario. Ivan, welcome to Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. What's going on, man? Hey, um, I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, I'm calling because uh, what, I wanted to get your your thoughts on a guy like Bobby Wood and what what you know what are the odds that he can that we can acquire him. He seems like he would be a good fit for this team. Uh, Ivan, he would be a good fit. The odds are zero because Hamburg love him, frankly. And uh, in fact, the ownership there, I don't think they'll give him up. I mean, obviously, if somebody offered him sixty million euro or something, but no, I mean he's just out of our league. But I love I love the thought because he would fit. He would be a goal scorer's goal scorer in MLS with the Galaxy. I love Bobby Wood's game, and I thank you for the phone call. I love Bobby Wood for the U.S. national team, which, by the way, has a couple of World Cup qualifiers coming up. And it's one thing I do want to touch on. Thanks to Ivan for bringing that up. 
because the uh, World Cup qualifying for CONCACAF continues on Friday. United States taking on Costa Rica at Red Bull Arena. And Mario, my producer, one thing I always hear, Mario, I don't know if you hear this from people, time and time again, guys who are sports fans, young men and women who love sports, you know, they're not necessarily, they don't hate on MLS. You know, if you're under 40, you don't hate on soccer anymore. You grew up with it, right? That's it's right. basically, it's not the old time sports writers who don't know what they're talking about and want to be experts on everything and don't understand soccer. So they quote unquote hate it. But people wonder, well, Dave, what's next? Like, what do I, you know, if I don't really want to like watch every European game or every, I'm like, if you love the World Cup, you got to watch the qualifiers. You don't qualify, yeah. you don't go. So you know? true, Dave. Yeah, I mean, these games are huge. They're huge, they count. Yes. And it's the United States taking on Costa Rica, who's Costa Rica's second in the group, three points ahead of us. United States only a point ahead of Panama for an automatic spot. We got to win. We have to win these games. And then on Tuesday, we follow it up immediately, going to Honduras. Good luck going down there. Honduras are not very good. You travel down there. You try to get some sleep in a hotel in Honduras. You try not to be destroyed by the fans down there. It's tough. CONCACAF is not easy, and they have to get it done. So watch those matches. But, Ivan, thanks for the phone call. Bobby Wood would be awesome. Too expensive. Hamburg loves him. But he's going to be good for the U.S. I think Bobby Wood's going to have a big say in the United States qualifying for this World Cup as if he hasn't already. Oh, no, not this. Hello, soccer hater Al. What's going on? Welcome to Soccer Weekly. Hey, 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 Dave. Thanks for thanks for taking my call. Hey, what do you think about Sergey Uranov of, uh, of the Yugoslavia team? What would we trade for him? Nobody cares, Ivan. This is this is America, and nobody cares. Hey, Dave, I do have a question for you, though. Yeah. Um, you always call soccer the beautiful game, yes. right? But but the Galaxy play it. They play it a little yeah. ugly right now. Yes, soccer hater Al. That's true. Okay. Well, okay. I, I was just confused because oh. you know it didn't make any sense to me. See, you know, hey. not only do you hate soccer, now you're getting personal with my LA Galaxy. That's a, you're taking it to another another dimension here, another level. Soccer hater hey, Al. Well, hey, you can have the LA Galaxy because you're the you're their only fan. Oh, that's it. That's it. Red but- car. Get them out. Get them out. I was start trying to be comforting and you know think that look I'm my uh, I got a stomach full of El Torito and I'm a, I'm in a great mood, right? Happy hour at El Torito beginning every day at 3 p.m. will make you happy like it make me made me. But then soccer hater L. So if you're gonna go to El Torito's happy hour and spend between four to six dollars is all, which is fantastic. You can almost put up for, with soccer hater L for those prices, really. That's how good the El Torito happy hour is every day beginning at 3 p.m. Fantastic. My mood is so good because of that. Even soccer hater Al can't hurt me. And you go right from there to our favorite part of the show, Mario Reese. It's stoppage time. Welcome, Mario, once again. How Thank are you, buddy? Dave. Thank you, Dave. I'm good. I'm good, man. Check this out. Chelsea's ace, Eden Hazard, welcomes his youngest brother into Hazard FC, Killian Hazard. Oh. He's 22 years young. He became the third member of the Hazard family to sign with Chelsea. Of course, we got Eden Hazard, who's 26 and a star at Chelsea, while yep. his younger brother, Thorgan, is 24. He also spent time at Stamford Bridge before moving on to the Bundesliga. Quite a family, right? Yeah, you know, I, I, it's interesting. Um, I don't know much about Kylian Hazard. He's been, you know, like Oujpest. Uh, he played a little bit there, played a little bit, I believe, in the Netherlands. Not really broken through. I think this is more about, like, keeping Eden, you know, comfortable. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I mean, if you have a superstar that needs that kind of thing, maybe that's what it is. Got to keep him happy. Yeah, I mean, Killian's not going to break through to the first team. He's going to be on the developmental squad at Chelsea. He's not that good. But, hey, why not? You know, if it keeps somebody happy, like Mario said, why not? Absolutely. All right, NBA star Steph Curry was in Paris, France a few days ago to take part in a ceremonial first kick before PSG's game last Friday. Curry also got to hang out with PSG superstar Neymar. And the last time these two hung out was at the NBA Finals in the summertime when uh, Neymar went to go visit Curry and the Warriors. They've got a question here. Which stadium would you like to be invited to take part in a ceremonial first kick? Oh, that is a good one. And it's going. To, my answer is going to probably surprise you. It is Estadio Pedro Bidegan. Nice. It is the home of San Lorenzo in Argentina. Okay. Holy cow, the fans there, Mario Reyes. It is unbelievable. Go do yourself a favor as a soccer fan. Go YouTube San Lorenzo's fans. I would love to kick out the first ball there. I'm so late on this show because of El Torito being fantastic. We've got to thank them, as always. Thanks to Puente Hills Toyota and Mario and Jorge here. So much uh, appreciative of you listening. And check out the podcast on iTunes, Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm on ESPN LA 710.